You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. Welcome. This is Suzanne. Happy Sunday here on the west coast of the North American continent. And it's been a minute. I've been uh, birthing many things. And so as I've gotten the foundation laid for different projects that I've been assisting with, now I can come forward and get back into my rhythm with these recordings and then additional recordings and classes. So today we're going to talk about forward motion and in the fall, which we're in, in the North American, Northern hemisphere, I should say, is a time when we're encouraged to let go. And per Ayurveda, uh, this is a time that we can feel a little airy, spacey, if we're not in balance. And so there are remedies that can help us stay grounded and uh, more focused on what is actually happening versus what's happening in our mind. And then also in Southern Hemisphere, we have spring popping up. And so we're having this transference of the yin to the yang. And that's a time to like go into action. And it's also a time to learn patience uh, <laughs> versus anger. Anger's there for a reason, uh, but the remedy to too much anger is patience. And so many people uh, might have been feeling frustrated or angry lately all around the world. Uh, and so if we remember you know, like a good samurai, if we bring that energy down, if we start to witness that we're becoming uh, unhinged, we bring that patience in and step back and really feel into where we can be most helpful, that will lead us to a greater outcome and a much more graceful one than just attacking. Yet it does happen. So when we look at the fall from a both from spiritual practice when we are in this very heady place or contemplative space we become very indecisive and we get really good at story making and we start creating stories getting lost in stories just like the leaves falling from the tree maybe we get lost in that air energy and this can happen quite easily in a meditative practice a spiritual practice because people start taking concepts and ideas and they intellectualize them they don't bring their inner innate wisdom or intelligence to meet them or they're not patient to let them their let themselves meet them with intelligence versus intellect so even right now if you're meeting everything i say with intellect you might grab onto a word or a sentence or whatever and 
not really let it wash over you. That's why from the traditions I'm from, from their oral teachings, it's not meant to sit and like scribe them all out. It's meant to wash over you. And each time you meet a teaching, even if I have spoken it to you before, it will meet you a little differently. And the deeper you are into your practice, you will have a deeper aha just because if you've done your work, you'll be like, oh, oh, I get that now. And so this is why it's really important when you're having the opportunity to cultivate a meditation practice, you uh, really take some time to not be so preoccupied with, I hear this a lot in spiritual communities, I had this great download. Oh, and I saw this and, oh, and it's all phenomena. Those are just things that are coming to you. There might be some seeds there, but if you're always looking and grasping and wanting information and trying to like rationalize and make sense of the way you are in the world or other people are, it's going to distract you from the deepest beauty that occurs in a meditative repose. And that's nothingness. That's where everything ceases to exist, meaning your thoughts don't exist, you don't exist, everything vanishes. And when you go into that space, you're not going to have an identity as you, like, oh, I am in the void. You will not even know that you're there until you come out. And right as you come out, that's a sweet spot. Uh, it's bittersweet because you're like, oh, I was there. And you're like, I would like to go back there. And sometimes the moment, the space that you were in is complete. And so one might say what occurs there and what occurs is a transfer of something that I can't put into words, but a transfer occurs and there's a refinement process. Sometimes there's spontaneous healing. Sometimes there's just a deep knowing. Uh, sometimes there's just an awness, a contentness. And when you come out of that space, you have just a deep sense of bliss. And so all these things are possible, but it takes the practice. And so that's why, and especially in this season, the fall and even spring, because, you know, we can let the fire under our, our bum get, get us carried away. And then we are not as effective in the world. We have this opportunity to create space for uh, meditation. And that's something that's well worth doing year round. And then you have this unexplainable opportunity to transform without thinking about it, without having to have a download or uh, a program, meaning that, you know, there's a lot of uh, programs out there from co the commercial society to spiritual society to environmental society to pop culture. There's all these programming. And that's why when we dive deep into meditative repose with consistent practice, we can 
really start to refine our state of being. And the one thing that will happen is you will think less, a lot less, and you will actually notice when you're thinking and want it to stop much sooner than most people because they get involved in their thoughts and the indecision and the for the forward grasping, the back grasping, where they've completely lost sight of what's around them in the present moment. And so a lot of people will say, I meditate, I listen to uh, beats, I, you know, they have all these things. And right now we make it so accessible that, you know, it's hmm, good. You know, there's benefits and then there's not, there are things that can actually set people back because they're not taking the time just to put their bum on the cushion. And so when we take that time to be seated and some people say, oh, I've made it into the moment, into the quote unquote now, I don't need to go sit on my cushion. I don't need to take time for formal meditation. Well, I would argue, yes, you do. (laughs) I would debate you, not argue. I would debate you, yes, you do. And the reason is, is because in movement, yes, you can be in a very present state and aware of what you're doing and feeling into what's in front of you, like where you are right now, what is literally in front of you and what's happening between that and my voice and you. You can be very present with that. However, it's still a distraction from diving deep into your eternal landscape, your inner landscape, and being there. And so if you've taken time to go into silent retreat, onto vision quests, all those things, when I take people on those experiences, you know, they meet a lot of things because they're not used to being silent for days on end. They're not used to not having their technology. They're not used to sitting for from as early as possible as I can get them out there till as late as possible. Uh, that depends on the individual, how much practice they have. But ideally, uh, we would go pre-dawn to bedtime with seated repose. And so when we sit and sit and sit and sit, an unraveling occurs. It's a shedding that occurs. And then we start to remember how to access that void, that nothingness. And then when we come out of those spaces, then we're more certain. So we're not talking about a unicorn or, or you know, an archetype where we are just clear. And then the longer you do that, the, me- the more days you do that, you start to realize that there's a great purpose to formal seated repose. And this is why uh, monks... <laughs> Well, you know, they have their day very full because you see the value of it. And again, it's not something I can completely put into words. If you want me to take you there, I mean, you know, create a retreat for you. That's awesome because that process will give you greater insight. You discover it within self. And then the other reason to have a guide myself or someone that is uh, ready to do that for you 
is because you can get lost. So if you don't have someone reminding you where to focus the attention, the mind can take you many places. And a delusion can occur based on what someone feels they would like to experience or the picture they've painted versus understanding what is. And so when we come out of that space, out of that void, then we have the opportunity to be like, oh, okay. Then we're, everything's much more crisp. We can start to have presence in a way that we haven't had before. We start to notice the nuances around us, not with an obsessive observation, but with just a gentleness. And it's most helpful when we're interacting with one another. We start to see and feel the other person differently. We can see things that maybe they're not even aware of if you are in consistent practice with meditative repose. And then you become more and more objective, meaning that there's not the emotional attachment. There's the ability to cultivate that compassion and see what is. Uh, and then you can decide how you want to relate to your ecosystem that you're in, the people that are there. Uh, and also you get to start to be really radically honest with yourself. So again, if we don't have that space to go really deep inside, even if we're being present with the people in and around us, uh, we sometimes forget to look at ourselves, so we could be analyzing and that's not what I'm suggesting it's observation observing your ecosystem and your relationship to the ecosystem so that you can move through it in a place of service in a place of focus where you are actually more effective in that environment versus wasting a lot of time creating disturbances or participating in disturbances. Uh, you can juice it up, you can feed it, or you can just be the calm when needed. You know, there's all these opportunities if we're paying attention. However, if we don't ever look at ourself and the relationship to the ecosystem, we can miss how we're impacting others. And this is an important process in cultivating empathy. And so right now I find it very interesting because uh, some of my students are in their 20s. My children are in their 20s. That sounds so wild. And um, they have more and more discussions about the self-absorbed individual. And that self-absorbed individual has is something that, uh, yeah, the young adults are looking at. They're realizing that those individuals might espouse maybe spiritual teachings, all these different things, uh, or a sense of I-ness in the world that is not aware of those around them. And so a service-minded individual because that's where our spiritual practice ultimately takes us is to be of service to the world around us, to take your innate gifts and serve with them. 
And so this uh, person that's more eccentric, we'll call it, I'm going to leave out the buzzwords, uh, basically is more likely to be the one in everyday world if they happen to try to practice meditation or or just like conjure up stuff in their mind as as to their identity and the relationship to the world. And the only the really distinct part here is if we're always concerned about how we look to the outer world, how this looks, is it the perfect picture? Is it the perfect words? Is it this, that, or the other? We're forgetting to notice why we're there, how we're there, what we're serving from here to there, and to notice the subtleties of the people around us. And so uh, I find it interesting that uh, young adults are starting to recognize this and they're moving away from it, meaning that typically when you're in your 20s, you are in... Uh, a, a time where you're discovering your identity. It's it's an expressive time. You're exploring. So a, a level of eccentricness is expected because there's an aspect of the ego that's developing. Their brains aren't even finished developing till age 23. Um, so there's a level of that that's needed. So then they root themselves in what they're going to focus on for the, the first part of their adulthood and then see where their destiny is leading them. And so how this relates back to uh, even the idea of, you know, the fall and letting go is that we can become so eccentric and outward looking or even beyond like looking out into the stars and get disassociated from reality that we forget the value of really bringing our presence to ourself in our relationship to the world. So if you think about it, if you have the opportunity to, and we're going to do that shortly with a little bit of sound in the background, um, is that if you have the opportunity for seated repose, then this is your chance to go deep, go deep into that void. It's going to take practice. This isn't something that is necessarily achieved right off off the bat because there's a process and it's something that can take a while to get there. And depending on what you've cultivated before here, meaning in another lifetime, that will be also an indicator of how uh, quickly you, you reach that space. Um, for some people, they may not reach that space, the void in this lifetime. So when we take the time to go into to this meditative space and we come out, we will start becoming more and more aware of our relationship and our responsibility to the world around us. And we will have these choices to make. Do we stay eccentric and grasp for what the I needs and grasp forward back into the future, hold people into a locked perspective or do we start to relate to the environment that we're in with empathy, compassion, love, and also objective, rational state of being? 
meaning that oftentimes when that vata I was talking about with Ayurveda, there's a tendency if we become too spacey from a meditative repose, we're like, ah, nothing matters. And that's why uh, your guide, your meditation teacher, if they don't have integrity, they can put you into a very vulnerable space because they're not going to say, hey, get your feet back on the ground, be here, let's go chop some wood, let's go fetch some water, let's get to work. And so this isn't a time right now on planet Earth that we really would be encouraged to be lazy and just get stuck in the <laughs> spaciness. It'd be fun, but uh, that's not what we're here to do. And so to bring you know this conversation completely back around to that idea of forward motion that when we utilize meditative repose on a daily basis that will help us understand where we're to point our compass daily and that's going to change daily and so if we take time in the morning and it's so nice when you first wake up you know do what you got to do in the restroom or get some water, a little tea, whatever it might be. But just sit as soon as possible. Don't do too much. Don't engage with the world. Don't engage with your phone. Just sit. And that will give you a beautiful bridge from the nighttime to the daytime. And it'll help you set your compass for the day. And then the same thing, uh, if you can do that in the evening, just did a little, I don't know, gathering with a couple friends last night. And uh, it was right at that sweet spot when the sun, and I love doing this on retreats, we meditate right before sundown. And when we come out, it's dark. And so that exchange, you know, at dawn and dusk is so powerful one, it lets your biorhythms adjust, your physical body adjust to the environment, and then you're ready to engage with the world in those different periods of the day's cycle. And so that consistent practice will help us stay focused, help us in forward motion. We'll see where we're best to serve. And then that eye-centricness <laughs> will fade away. It's, it's not so important. Yeah, you're going to have your identity because you're an eternal being. This is the form that you were destined to be in this lifetime. Aspects of your eternal gifts are rising up and there for you to harness, refine, master, and serve with. And so the repetition of the meditation will keep us in that flow and that practice and in that discipline. And so in the fall, it's really easy to get and spring a little like dis like fractal, like going everywhere instead of really harnessing the discipline to stay. And people that have Vata imbalances, we have all the, I always like to remind people, you're not a Vata. Uh, you may have the constitution that they created labels with, but you are all elements. So you're not just one. And if we'll do a whole segment on Ayurveda later, it's a big topic. Um, and it's relationship to Chinese medicine. That's my passion is bringing the two together. Um, but if you have that imbalance, then 
what happens is you just stay in the ethereal world and not in the physical world. Or you might stay too much in the physical world and not allow yourself to expand and go out into the ethereal and come back or go into the void in that meditation and come back. And it's, again, a Taoist would be say, you're supposed to always be here. That's why they do the soft gaze Zazen, which is a beautiful practice. And it's the same. You'll go to the void in the Zazen. Um, and I just use that as like going, meaning that you're going deep in here into your inner landscape and then get a touch on the void. And then when you come out, you're focused. You, you, it's just certainty. So if inspired, I would like to really encourage no matter where you are on planet earth, especially during these two seasons to see if you can anchor your meditative repose. It'll serve you as especially when you go into winter, because that's a great time for us to go into longer retreats and especially into summer months, because that is actually a time of, of action. Uh, we've got an, a little, uh, I don't know, lost into vacation mode, which becomes the distractor. It's good to go on vacations, but um, we want to use that yang energy when it's potent so we can get things ready and prepped and going. You know, I look at this summer, that was a lot of where my attention has been, like really feeding in and figuring out um, where the attention is to be placed. Uh, so you'll, you'll do that when you need to, I guess, or when you find your rhythm with yourself versus what is being programmed with society. So if inspired, uh, I would recommend there. And if you want some instruction and guidance, I work with people one-on-one -on, -one on that. Uh, we access uh, where your, your ability to retain being there and a, proce a process that's specific to you uh, because everyone's different. And then uh, bit by bit, you'll access that void. And again, sometimes it's not meant to be completely accessed in this lifetime. We're not here to force anything. We're here to be patient with it and see what happens. Uh, so with that being said, I think it's time to sit and uh, know that the sitting will help create forward motion because you've become objective and aware of yourself in relationship to the space around you and the people you're relating to. And a little practice for you other than meditation would be to start observing yourself in relationship to the people you're interacting with on a daily basis. And uh, start to notice, are you kind? Are you upset? Are you jovial? What's going on there? Do you even care, you know, are you in that deep eye-centric place about the people around you? Or are you there for other reasons? And if we all start paying attention to ourselves and others, then we can calibrate in a way that we can enjoy each other in the moments that we have together. Doesn't mean you have to create boundaries or run away. It means you can find a sweet spot. Now, of course, if someone uh, goes too far with you, you can, you're always welcome 
to create enough space so that you can, you know, get grounded in your own energy. And then if the destiny is that there's a crossover again, there will be. Uh, But you don't have to get all like into (laughs) semantics. Just create space, simple alchemical concept in Chinese medicine. Space is very powerful element. And then see where you go from there. And that's that space is what's created in meditation. All right. So I would love for you to come up into a seated repose. You will hear sound in the background. And if you've been working with me, the sound may kind of want you to lay down in Shavasana. That's fine. for this type of experience. Uh, And then if you do want to learn how to be in seated repose formally and really uh, sharpen your mind, reach out. I'm happy to work with you one-on-one. And so for now, just decide where you want to be. Maybe start seated and if you have to recline, then you will. So take a nice gentle breath, lifting up through that base of the spine, dropping those shoulders down. And then exhale out. Again, inhale. And exhale. Good. Another one. Inhale. And exhale. And now just gently, I want you to follow your natural breathing pattern, to observe your breath, allow that to be your mantra. And every time if this occurs, images, thoughts, sensations occur, just go back to observing the breath. And just stay right there.
taking a soft, gentle breath into your heart center, gently breathing in and out. Again, inhale and exhale. Another one, inhale, and exhale, good, and then gently from there, if you were lying down, bring yourself up into an upright seated position. And taking another deep breath in and out. Again, inhale and exhale. And then just gently there from your heart, acknowledge all aspects of self, giving thanks for all that you are and that you express yourself as in the world. And inspired sending out some gratitude, love, compassion out into the world to a place that you feel it would be needed and would be welcomed. And then gently from there, taking another deep breath in and out. And as you gently move into the next, just reminding you to practice being present wherever you are. And as inspired, if you can take a little bit more space for yourself to be in seated repose, and just in silence, just with you, your breath, Potentially your soft gaze and just be. And lastly, if inspired, <laughs> uh, see how you're interacting with the world. See where you can cultivate less I, a softer gaze. And just taking the world in as an opportunity to be of service to one another. Uh, and then to see if you can connect to that aspect of yourself that cares. That truly cares. You'll access empathy and compassion. And you'll have a clear knowing where you can help 
Until next time, this is Suzanne signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply. Sakshi Utah